Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers for the entirety of the Reordinverse. What's up guys? Welcome back to this damn snack bar. This is episode 71. Dung Beetle Armageddon almost kills me. We're discussing chapters four to six of Throne of Fire today. Yay! We had to switch it up a little bit because <laughs> Kate is severely sick. I severely. am unwell. <laughs> yeah, it's killing you on the inside. You look fine on the outside and then you talk and I'm like, I Whoa! do not look fine on the outside. I literally walked into the bathroom today and my eyes are like a raccoon. It's really bad. So, yeah, I'm not going to be talking a lot today. Like, I'll still, like, be here. Joe's not going to be just talking to herself. Joe's going to try and run the show. Um, <laughs> I just won't be, like, leading you as much as normal. Um, so, Joe, thoughts for this chapter? Or this section? Thoughts for this episode that there was quite information heavy. It may just be because I'm really tired, but I really struggled, especially the first chapter, Sadie's chapter, I really struggled to get through that, because I was like, oh god, this is, this is a lot of information dump, and it's very boring. See, I kind of liked me. it, though, because it was in a way that was like, we know as much as the new no, trainees no, no, no. know, but it made it feel like, so like, obviously Rick had to do it, it was like a... Um, you know, his whole summary of, like, the last book and how it's yeah. going to affect this book. Okay. But I feel like it was done in a way that, like, makes sense and, like, it was done actually, like, really well. So, mm-hmm. like, the trainees know as much as we know, but he kind of made it seem like they just kind of showed up at Brooklyn House and then no conversation was had and this is the first time that any of them are actually hearing from Sadie and Carter about that experience, like, in front of them, like, face-to-face. Yeah. Feels like they only heard they about the experience told, like, on the recording. Yeah, they were told the story and they were like, Which oh, I, okay. I have lots of questions because I'm like, how the fuck did you just like show up and then just like, what? There was no like question of like, okay, was this real? Or was did no I come across something else like fucking weird as shit? Or like, yeah, they were like, what are we actually getting ourselves into? <laughs> yeah. There's no clarification. But yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah, so this episode was one chapter for Sadie and then two for Carter. Yeah. Sorry, excuse me. And, um, look, I will say, I actually had my tags with me while I was reading my chapters. And she has, like, multiple, like, the most I've ever seen. So I have lots of tags of, see, now, again, it's one of those situations where I notice something in one of the chapters, and then it's already been addressed, like, Mm. by the end of the third chapter that I read. So it, it sort of makes the tag null and void. And that's majority of the time. But it doesn't, because when you come across it as we're going through the chapters, that's when you bring it up and go, rah, 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 let's talk about it. Yeah, but uh, what I mean is is that I always feel like there's no point in discussing it, because if people are reading along with us, then they've already, you know, gotten the answer to my question. Like, I already got the but answer to But sometimes there question. are people reading along. Okay, well, I already got the answer to most of my questions, or, like, most of my little, oh, okay, cool, this happened, or be like, this is a notable thing that happened, oh, it's already been addressed later on in the chapter, or it's been addressed in the next chapter or two. Yeah, Yeah. so, like, that happens a lot of the time. Anywho, so I have some fun tags in there as well. Um, I did laugh very hard in in the third chapter, which would be chapter six. I laughed very hard at just the beginning of that. What have I found out? Oh, um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that, that is funny. funny. <laughs> Made me laugh. But um, before yeah. we start, we do have a couple of messages oh, okay. which you get to read today because oh, I get to read them. All right. Well, yeah. So oh, of course you can't. Let me <laughs> pull up the first one. This for is really you. weird for us. So usually, Kate takes charge, and I sit back and listen, <laughs> at least for the first part, until you ask me a question, and then I go, okay. Um, this one says <clears throat> we have an email. Oh, sorry. Yes, we have an email. This is the first one. The first message we have today. Yeah. Yeah, we've got two things to read today. So we have two things to read today. This is the first one. Uh, It says, hello, this is... Oh, see, fuck me. This is what happens. (laughs) This is a kind of difficult name. It has the pronunciation next to it. But here's the great example of this is what Joe will, like, look at it, try it a couple times, nerd, and then go, okay, that's the name, and move on. (laughs) Lucky has got the pronunciation next to it. A Z L R. Azela? Sure. We're going to go with that. Hello, this is Azela. Hi, Kate. Hi, Joe. Why did you get a capital? (laughs) (laughs) Reading this, they gave Kate a capital K. They they didn't give me a capital. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing what he says. (laughs) He's very persuasive. Anyway, okay, and it says, I just wanted to say, did you know the Percy Jackson books exist in the universe? Yes. What were we reading this whole time? Yeah. We know. We know. <laughs> I don't... Wait, what? It just says, I just wanted to say, did you know the Percy Jackson books exist in the universe? Nothing more is said on that topic. Oh. Hang on. Hang on. Rick Rodden is the scribe at Camp Half-Blood. The Kane sent the recordings to him to be oh. transformed into books. Percy wrote two books... Percy Jackson, Greek Gods, and Percy Jackson, Greek Heroes. Yeah, we didn't know that. He introduced them well from the beginning. Oh, do they mean, like, they, like, that Percy acknowledges that the books are canon in the, like, world universe? As in, like, he's a real person. Like, that's what it's trying to make. Yeah, or or are they trying to say that... Yeah, well, this is what is confusing, because this is something that we discussed in our episode with Robert. It's not a very clear sentence, I will say. Yeah. Well, this is what we discussed in our episode with Robert. Like we were, to- I was mostly annoyed about the whole. How does everybody know across different mythologies? How does everybody know that Rick's character as a scribe exists, but they don't know about each other? Like the yeah, you did say Canes that. don't know about Percy Jackson. Well, Amos does, but like you know, <laughs> and it just Amos doesn't. He's like, mm, oh, there's even like a there's even like a nod to that in this in these chapters when... Oh, yeah, I noticed that big time. Yeah. Well, like, didn't when Carter's looking out at Manhattan and he's like, I could swear I saw a flying horse. And I'm like, oh, Jack. Yeah. He's like, I'm looking over there and I feel a different energy. And you're like... <laughs> but let's not talk about it. He's like, yeah, we get it. And I'm like, Cause that's, but that's like the exact opposite of what his character's supposed to be, though. He's supposed to be really... Like, things that don't make sense to him. Carter is supposed to be the most over-anxious person who thinks about everything and stresses about everything. Exactly. So the fact that he was like, oh, I'll just not think about it. There is not a universe in where he's blasé about something that he's unsure about. Absolutely not. There is not. He's one of those people who research, I don't need sleep, I need answers. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's Carter. (laughs) He would literally be like, 
like he might say on the like if we were seeing that scene specifically of him looking out on the balcony over at Manhattan if we were seeing that from someone else's perspective mm-hmm. then we'd be like okay that makes sense that that's what's coming out of Carter's mouth but because we get his internal monologue yeah. it should be so much more yeah. in depth and it should be like what the fuck's over there what his name is hiding what is yeah, he doing how have I not asked a question be, about it yet it should be paranoid as fuck it should be the thing <laughs> that's distracting be. him from worrying about the world ending events that are going to happen in yeah. a couple of days time yeah. it should be the thing that he's hyper focused on yeah I realise that distract him from his turmoil <laughs> that's what he hyper I realise that you know the whole like hyper focus ADHD thing isn't something that comes with Kane but it's something that comes with Percy but like Carter very much is an overanxious yeah. person so he well, should have all of those like hyper, distractive tendencies happening doesn't always have to align with no. ADHD it can just be part of your you know functions like so like, but we can definitely see that he has an obsessive personality <laughs> Carter Carter has an obsessive <laughs> yes. personality and he has a fucking <laughs> insane way of dealing with things and this is like something that we saw in Sadie's in chapter 4 in this when he was trying to hold himself back from having an argument with Sadie because she was being selfish about her birthday plans but like <laughs> You can see that, like, there is, like, the whole world-saving thing is definitely on his mind 24-7, but there is also no way that he wouldn't be taking the moment to distract himself from anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the two things on his mind are, world is ending, so I need to find Zia before the world ends. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you can save the world first, Smash and then it. if Zia survives, and then that's when you go. There's two you know. things that are grabbing his attention, like, that are stealing most of his attention are driving him crazy, so he'll take anything to distract himself. Yeah. And that's a great, like, a flying horse. You should be like, what is a flying horse in Egyptian? Where can I get one? Well, he'd be like, well, what, like, he said it looked kind of like a flying horse, so he'd probably yeah. be like, what monsters look like a flying horse but in Egyptian? Or, or he should be saying, oh my god, Freak the Griffin is about that size. Maybe, maybe a, that's the, what it, like, that's what it was. He would come to some kind of conclusion, yeah. not just be like, "Oh well, I won't think about this." Or he would that's come to some kind of conclusion that would convince himself of what is actually going on, rather like than jumping into it. Yeah, so that he can put it out of his mind. That's what he would do. Mm-hmm. Deflect. We love that. Yeah. Sorry, was that the end of that section of that email? Um. Well, there's like five sections to this email. Okay, so that was that. So that's two two sections done. Okay, at the start of the... Hang on, never mind, this section's still going. (laughs) At the start of Percy Jackson's Greek Gods, he states that there are books about him and that you better hope they're fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does do that. He does his little intro. Okay, Okay, we're acknowledging that the the books exist. We're not saying... Okay, we'll just... Hang on. I'm confused about this statement, though. Are, you, is that, are they saying that Percy exists in our universe? Yes. Okay, and not... As in, like, there is a camp right now in Long That's Island. what they're saying. That's okay. Because my brain read this... My brain read that first section It is confusing as, because we refer to the books as Percy Jackson, so it's like, well, yes, obviously the books exist, because we're, that's what we're reading. <laughs> well, 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 the way I interpreted that was is that Percy Jackson universe is a separate universe to our universe because it's a... Universe. Oh, like the multiverse? Yeah, like it's not our universe. It's a it's the Percy Jackson universe. Right. It's the Ray Orton universe. Um, and so they're saying the books exist in Percy's universe. Like, of course they do. <laughs> it's Percy's universe. He controls it. Like, well, controls it. Oh, like, that is such a good point. That's Well, I thought that's what they meant. This is a whole can of worms that See, I am not lucid enough to get into. <laughs> well, that's why my brain was like, duh, I don't understand... 
like what you're saying with that statement. They were like, did you know the books exist? Of course I knew the books exist! Percy would have had some kind of hand in writing them. I would know the way that I interpret that was in the Percy Jackson universe, he wrote them when he was at camp. He's now an adult. See, something that's really interesting is there is a short story that Rick wrote um, for... which is not technically canon because there are things that happen in the short story that's supposed to occur right at the end of Heroes of Olympus, but because there are certain characters in it that aren't where they should be when Charles of Apollo starts, then you can't exactly say that the short story is canon. It's more of just like a happy fluff kind of like, oh my god, imagine if this happened. But yeah. in that, I'm pretty sure that it states that but it's pretty sure that Percy says that because his mum is trying to get her hand at writing, she started writing down some of Percy's stories. Yeah, to make money because she's a writer. <laughs> but because that short story isn't technically canon because of the places that people are after Heroes of Olympus, like it, I don't know. Sure, but it could be Sally's writing fiction, so it can be whatever it wants. Okay, but there are so- certain people in that short story who are having a meal together at that point, and... After Heroes of Olympus, those two characters never see each other again. They physically can't. Okay. Sure. Well, see what, but on the on the lines of that um, fan theory, where it's like, I'm being vague because I want to do it in a later episode. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you yeah. But in that in that mindset of Sally actually wrote, Sally is written and she wrote, she actually wrote. <laughs> That's um, her pen name. <laughs> yeah, like she actually wrote Percy Jackson and Rick's the face of it, where yeah, yeah. she's the actual yeah, pen. She has hired an actor <laughs> to go around and do book signings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, in, that, in that frame of mind, that means, you know, the books are based on a real person or a real story, and so it's like when you watch movies that are like based on a true story, you're like, there is, there is sections of make-believe, and it's just, just like the fucked idea. Ass. So you know how there are heaps of inconsistencies in Heroes of Olympus compared to Percy Jackson? Yeah. What if Sally wrote Percy Jackson and then hired Rick to be like the face of everything, and then, Rick and then he wrote fanfiction, <laughs> and that turned into Heroes of Olympus? <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> See, yeah, the reason Percy Jackson and the Olympias work so well is because it's based on a real story, whereas Heroes <laughs> of Olympus is just Rick going, fuck it, <laughs> This is the best explanation for things ever. Right? Like, I've never been able to come up with anything that makes fucking sense. <laughs> this is amazing. There we go, fuck it, that's the new canon. <laughs> it's not true. Oh, God. I love it. Much appreciated. Anyway, so that's that section. Um, let's see. The movies came oh, out. Sorry, the email's still going. Yeah, we haven't finished the email. I've been so many times for someone who said that they weren't going to talk so much yeah, on this episode. You've been talking a lot. I'm literally like about to cough up a lung. Hang on a second. I need to go and get a tissue. Anyway, um, the next little bit is the movies came out during Heroes of Olympus, so what if Leo put it on as a fun movie? Oh, like on the Argo 2? Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. Movie night down in the stable! Yeah, like they put it on and they, of course, oh, I'm just imagining real Percy Jackson watching, <laughs> watching his fucking play <laughs> <laughs> Real Percy, real Percy and Annabeth and Grover in that, oh Grover's not there. Okay, it's real Percy and Annabeth. Watching, um... Oh, Grove's not there to witness the absolute fucking... Train wreck. No! His character is the best! His character, his character carries the movie. I am the best. This is a 
<laughs> well, we are watching Logan Lerman and Alexandra. I forget her last name. Is it Da Daddio or just Daddio? <laughs> Daddio. <laughs> Anyway, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> like, you know, butcher their characters. Their, which their first comment would be, why are they so old? <laughs> <laughs> They're literally older than us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You know, they'd probably just be like, well, we have notes <laughs> for, the, for the director. <laughs> see, but if Leo put it on, I could just see Leo being like, where the fuck was I? Like, <laughs> I thought this was going to be about all of us. Yeah. I thought this fucking play was about all of us. <laughs> That's when Percy would turn around and go, it's called Percy Jackson. <laughs> He'd be like, fuck you, Leo, you're not laughing. <laughs> Put it on. Like, what if, okay, so what if Leo already had the disc before he even met Percy? And so, like, <laughs> That's what, what, if, he, yeah, what well, if he was expecting, like, this really tame version of events that was like everything works out in the end before even meeting Percy and then also before going on any of the Heroes of Olympus like world ending events with Percy and being like oh it looked like a walk in the park like you guys everything worked out for you so everything's gonna work out for us and then he encounters his first monster and he's like oh fuck me <laughs> shit balls <laughs> no what it is is oh but meeting Logan's Percy and or like seeing Logan's Percy on screen and being like oh, this dude is, like, so happy-go-lucky and meeting actual Percy and being like, I'm so fucking scared right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, like, Percy's definitely seen the movie before because his mum's getting royalties for it. Mm, 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 (laughs) So, obviously, mm, there's a poster of it in his house. No, no, no. I want to be be in the room for that conversation where she's like, I sold the rights. I sold the rights to your story. And he's like, you did fucking what now? (laughs) And she's just there, like, Get that coin, bitch. <laughs> well, no, no. What it would be is that he would already go. You already exaggerated some of the. Like, you like you already didn't exaggerate the truth enough. Or like she like you watered down the truth when you wrote the books, and now you've sold the rights, and they've absolutely butchered it. What if the real version is actually way not PG? It's not PG at all. It's not for kids. But Sally wrote it for kids for marketing purposes. The reason that she had to get Rick as her pen name in the first place is because otherwise she would be admitting to Gabe's murder. Oh! That's why. She would be a convicted murderer and so to escape that she has to pretend she's not a real person and that it was written by someone else. Amazing! We figured it out. We've cracked the code. Yes! Thank you, Azula. (laughs) We've cracked the code. Amazing! (laughs) Greatest thing. Oh, okay. Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine her then writing a book being like How to Get Away with Murder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like create a fake persona 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 oh good job you know <laughs> hire a fake persona hire an actor that's so good that you won't even question it <laughs> or make the story look so fake boom <laughs> done or or who or who would believe you Percy doesn't exist at all, and Sally's just made up the entire thing to get away with her murder no, of her like husband. No, Percy's real. <laughs> 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 Reviews, Percy's real. <laughs> or <laughs> here we go. Or <laughs> I'm just gonna put the word or on a t-shirt. <laughs> or or, just or like, and then I'm gonna write underneath dash damn sack crap on. Or or. Just his ass. <laughs> no. Just Percy's ass is real. <laughs> <laughs> or it's actually 
are still writing this and she's telling her mum's story telling her older brother's story no, I still like it being Estelle. No. Cover- Estelle? Still Sally, covering up for her murder. No, it's Sally. That's fucking funny, though. Okay, <laughs> we're not done with funny. this email yet. Stop interrupting me. Stop interrupting me. Sorry, I keep coming up with fucking gold answers. <laughs> <laughs> we still have another message to get through after this. I know. Okay, this one is a proper question. This one's this one's actually a question instead of just a just a vague statement that okay, we're supposed to try and respond to. This one has a proper you have to respond. Okay. There's four question marks at the end. It says who would win, Percy Jackson or Harry Potter? Percy. I think I think we have discussed this before. Percy, one hundred percent. Damn straight, it would be Percy. Percy can bloodbend. Like oh, not even that. He just continuously goes past his moral line, and Harry would never. His moral line. Yeah, like his like. Percy's morality is always in question and like especially if you're comparing it as who is Harry going after that Percy has to go up against him like if Harry turned evil and was going after Annabeth there's no stopping Percy whatsoever oh absolutely but if Percy turned evil and was going after Ginny Harry would be like alright I don't think he'd be like alright he would still try but he would not go to the ends like Percy would go to the ends no no I feel like boy is deranged yeah no he's fucking feral child he's traumatized he passed. Give us he, passed he passed Looper's wolf training. Feral child. True, true, true. Maybe if we approach this in like, what if they're playing like a friendly game of cards, or what if they're like, <laughs> what is each of them gonna do gonna say, to, to secure that win rather than a fight to the death? Okay. You know, who would win running race? Percy. <laughs> 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 you see, Harry's weedy little child. He can't even see. <laughs> who would win on a broomstick? Percy. <laughs> he would find a way. He would find a way. <laughs> His broomstick would just be chasing him. He's riding saddles now, right? <laughs> okay, we need to move on. Okay. We haven't even talked about the book yet. Okay, <clears throat> last message. I'm going to read the whole thing. Do not interrupt me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get through. I'm just going to power through. <laughs> we are powering through. <laughs> Yeah, I just no, was, don't need it. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you said who it's from? Um, it just okay from Claire. I'm not gonna say her last name. Okay, beautiful. Okay, yeah, this is a message from Claire. Um, just listen to episode six. I visited the second oh God. arch a little while back, and the river is so so far from the arch. It's like the length of a football field distance away. No way Percy could have fallen from there and landed in the river, even with science help. Uncle Rick did not do his research. Oh, rip. Okay, first of all, Percy's why like, are you listening to season one? Yeah, we First of all, Claire, what are you not doing? Not to. Claire, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you promised that you wouldn't. People promised. Don't listen to it. It's just there because we needed it to, like, we need it. It's just there because otherwise you'll lose all of our first talk about Medusa and Hades. Otherwise, I would literally delete the light. Honestly, it's so, it's But, like, so we bad. call back to those, to those two conversations specifically so many times <laughs> that it's it. just, we can't delete them. So, you know, it is what it is. But, um... But that's it. We don't reference anything else from there. Other than the fact that terrible it is. Don't yeah. listen to them. I swear. St. of all... So cringy. We have also not been to St. Louis or America at all. No. Never been on a plane. But this is interesting. So, Rick not having done his research, that's really fucking funny. <laughs> the river like, is literally that far away. So... Can't fall straight down from the arch into the river. Didn't he say he leaps though? Yeah, I kind of got the impression Didn't that he was like. He's got thighs for days. Well, did he jump off the bridge or was he blasted off the bridge? I think he jumped. 
and I think stupid child. Yeah, maybe he was just expecting to go splat on the ground. Yeah, he was. We didn't carry him up. I know. We don't know. We weren't there. Um, Maybe on his way down, because he was in the air, which is technically Zeus's domain, he zapped him on the way down, <laughs> and that forced him to, like, bang, shoot down into the river to heal himself. Or, or, the river jumped his ass. came up to meet him, grabbed him, and then pulled him down, although that would take away from the whole no. smacked body against concrete like water kind of thing, which kind of, you know, made Didn't him Didn't he say he got the water to reach up for him, though? Closer to the end, though, wasn't it? Like, closer to when he was sure. just getting... So it could be that he was like, I'm not going to make it. Let's <laughs> make like, grab me. The water, instead of like reaching up into the sky, it flooded over <laughs> so underneath the arch and he smacked into the water and then it just like dragged him back <laughs> into the river and just like rolled him back. <laughs> no, I think I replied No, to I love that idea. That's so <laughs> funny. He was like, it hurt as if I hit concrete. <laughs> because you did. <laughs> you just hit wet concrete. <laughs> Honestly, that's what he did and the water dragged. You just got some mad. <laughs> That's funny. No, I think I replied to Clay's message something like, maybe Percy's the first Poseidon kid who can fly. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh, that's funny. I know, I love that. There's a water spread out. It felt as if I hit concrete because you did. It knocked you out and the water dragged. I'm just having Gwen Stacy flashbacks. Yeah, she's smacked. Oh, okay. My brain was, when you said Gwen Stacy, my brain thought of Total Drama Island, and I was like... <laughs> yes, obviously. Obviously, that's what I was thinking. Obviously. Oh, Gwen Stacy flashbacks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when she smacks the concrete. Yeah. And that's in my brain, because I've got that, that TikTok sound that's Hermione bringing, you know, that <laughs> book out of the library in Philosopher's Stone. I checked this out for a bit of, like, reading. Thunkers! <laughs> <laughs> One of the TikToks that I've seen is just Gwen hitting the ground on the thunk, and it's really, really I've seen someone with a fat ass planting themselves down in a chair. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a good trend. Okay, should we move on to the actual book? Maybe. I'm not having fun. <laughs> Joe, can you give us the title and the recap for chapter four? Talk about shits and gigs. Oh, the title of the chapter. The title and the recap for chapter She's four. She's not prepared. <laughs> Uh, chapter 4, A Birthday Invitation to Armageddon. So, what happens in this chapter, it's in Sadie's perspective. We go through the works of Sadie recovering from her missteps in the museum and sort of dealing with that fact. And she's going through a little, of emo- a little bit of emotional trauma here and frustrations. Let's see. She throws a tantrum. Let's be real. Yeah, let's be real. She throws a but she's 12, so like it's warranted. No, we're trying to be nice, but she throws a his a bit. Let's be real. Um, so she just had a really scary dream that, um, the House of Life are gonna come murder her and her brother, so she's not really having a good time, and she woke up to, on her birthday, with that mood, and was like, fuck my shit. Um, she goes down to breakfast, then she is told what to, like, she's confirming to the whole house that they're all gonna die in four days because Lizard Boy is gonna come out and eat everything, um. And Mr. Chaos is going to come out and eat eat the world and the sun. The sun first, then the world. Um, and so she has to go save the world again and risk her life and her health and her sanity. Um, and she doesn't want to do that because she's like, fuck that, I only did it a couple months ago. Don't want to do it again. Uh, and Carter's like, help me out here. And she's like, fuck you, no, I need a break. And he's like, what the fuck do you think I need? He's like, you don't think we're experiencing the same trauma? 
Oh, like variations of yeah, the same trauma? Literally. And she's like, Well, I don't care, I need some me time. He was like, I want some me time, but I'm not allowed any because you're taking up all the me time. Yeah. She is taking it as a from like a I grew up with a very structured routine lifestyle and my birthday was about me, so I'm gonna make my birthday about me. You grew up with dad who gave you no attention but was with you all the time. Maybe your birthday didn't necessarily mean anything. So That's such a rude statement. Yeah, literally. She's like, No, no, I'm trying to put some of my normalcy that I allowed my that I was allowed for the last twelve years, I'm trying to put that back in my life and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Yeah, it's very I don't care what anybody else thinks, I'm gonna do whatever I want. Yeah. And not caring about anybody else's consequences. Yeah. Like, not caring about the consequences, how they affect anybody else. And it's like, Sadie, perspective, please. And she's like, I see the perspective, but fuck your perspective. And you're like, okay. And then, yeah, Carter's kind of getting the the blunt of that sword. And, um, yeah, and then she, they decide, so, the world's going to end, and they have four days to prepare for that. Her one and only saviour, Bast, isn't going to be by her side. She hasn't seen her parents in forever. And she doesn't want to do that. Um, and the chapter ends with her saying, fuck all of you and saving the world. I'm not going on a quest today. I'm not starting a quest for our survival today. It's my birthday. I'm going to go celebrate. I'm going back to London to be with my friends. Even though they were just told not to leave Brooklyn, not to leave the house, let alone Brooklyn, let alone the country. <laughs> Because they're about to be hunted down by the House of Life and murdered, and the world's going to end it in four days. But she was like, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. Because she's really got that complex where it's like, I'm indestructible when she's... So, um, yeah. So that's chapter four. And it ends with her leaving London, going to see her grandparents, and then she walks into the house and something's off. And then somebody says hello to her, who's not her grandparents, in her grandparents' mm-hmm. house. The cliffhanger of all time. Right. It's actually a really good cliffhanger. It is and then a it, really good cliffhanger. And it's good because then they're, like, separated, so it jumps to Carter, and then Carter is like, this I is what's going on with me, and you're like, well, what the fuck's going on with Sadie? So I do actually have some tags in here that revolve around, um, I came up with a theory in my head. I okay, yes. Yes, Joe. And see, and it's going off, oh, how's this going to play out? And here are my suspicions. And because you were like, Joe, you actually did guess multiple plots. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, now I'm just going to say all of my <laughs> plot thoughts out loud because I like being right. I'm going to be wrong for most of them, but that's all right. Actually, I will say, amazing thing, first tag I've got here. It literally starts off the chapter with going to eat breakfast. Thank God they're eating. They're having regular food schedules. I was so pissed off that their food schedules are fucked. So, <clears throat> well, I mean, they do kind of have to care for like twenty kids now. So, yeah, so <laughs> introducing giving, a routine of some sorts is like probably is not an option, <laughs> especially if they're taking courses at school. They're just napping. <laughs> they need food to sustain their nap, obviously. Otherwise, they'll wake up hungry. <laughs> that was fucking funny, and it was hilarious that the protector of the realm basically was like. Napping is a class, and it's a skill. I love you using the phrase protector of the realm because you're watching Game of Thrones. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I came to my head. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was the first tag. Yeah, no, that's good. Wait, can you actually, what did you say? They go and have breakfast. Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) It was hilarious. As soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you went, so that was my first tag, I went, what the fuck? (laughs) It was like in one ear. Second tag. Okay. I'm seeing 
seeing my ridiculous outlandish theory coming true. Okay. okay. There are penguins. <laughs> I literally, I told you they were magic penguins, Joe. There's fucking penguins. You didn't believe me in the first book when there was a what throwaway line. There was a throwaway line. Theories. There was a throwaway line in the Red Pyramid that was like, all that's down in Antarctica is an abandoned gnome and some magic penguins. And you were like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, no, 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 they come back into play. And you were like, surely not. And I was like, no, they do, trust me. Okay. Knowing that Felix is the absolute goat and he brings <laughs> penguins into every situation. <laughs> Literally in chapter, what, five six. or six? Chapter six. <laughs> they have. Oh, no, Whatever it is. They have a class they have to attend (laughs) where they have to just use whatever works to defeat whatever they're going up against. And Carter literally has to make a rule for Felix being like, you are not allowed to use penguins anymore. He's like, thank you. (laughs) And Felix is like, but I worship them. So (laughs) He's like, like, Carter's like, what god do you worship? And he's like, penguins. (laughs) He's like, that's not a god. I'd be like, fuck you, penguins. (laughs) That's what it is. Anywho, so I can't even remember exactly what my theory was. Didn't I say they, like, run the prison or something like that? <laughs> no. So, okay, well... All I know is that after we talked about the magic penguins, we talked well, about Hannah, what animals... Well, Hannah, you just animals... listened to all the episodes. You tell me. What, what, what did I say about penguins? I can't remember. All I remember is after we talked about the penguins, we talked about what Australian animals we would make inherently magic. What did we say? Like a wombat or, like, an emu or something. Mm, did not? Oh, it might have been the kidney, yeah. See, but I think we... There's lots of options. I think we discussed that um, it would get mixed up with the Greek goddess echidna. Yeah. No. Have you guys seen echidnas? They're so fucking cute. We should talk about a lot of things. (laughs) You tell a lot of jokes. That's for friends. (laughs) Anyway, so that was one of my tags, and I was like, this is amazing! I was like, the penguins are back! I was feeling very Guess who's back? (laughs) Okay, my next tag... This book's just, I mean, this chapter's just gonna, I mean, this episode's just gonna be me telling you what I tagged in my book. Okay. Okay, so, um, because I'm running the show. So my next tag is about Amos. It's what Amos said. So here it is. Um, given all the trouble that, um, we had last Christmas, Amos' speech seemed a tad optimistic that the trainees looked relieved. If it comes to that, it sounds, uh, Alyssa said, it sounds pretty certain they'll attack us, they being the House of Life. Amos knitted his brow. Perhaps, uh, perhaps, but it troubles. And that me. being if Apophis manages to rise. Yeah. I you guys get it. With, you guys get it. What is more than anyway. Um, perhaps, but it troubled me that angry Frenchman would agree to such a foolish move. Apophis is the real enemy, and Michelle knows it. He should realize. He should realize he needs all the help he can get, unless he didn't finish the sentence. Whatever he was thinking, it apparently troubled him greatly. At any rate, if Michelle decides to come after us, he'll plan carefully. He knows the mansion will not fall easily. He can't afford to be embarrassed by the Kane family again. He'll study the problem, consider his options, and gather his forces. It will take several days for him to prepare. Time should time we should he should be using to stop a problems. So what I tagged here was the um you know, the unless dot 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 he had a train of thought and stopped thinking. So, my theories to go along with this, there were a few, is that Vlad is, so Vlad the ice cream, the Russian ice cream man that's yeah. been, is now the new assassin to kill the Canes. He was the one who was talking in Michelle's ear and doing the whole, you should kill the Canes, you should kill the Canes. They're the main priority. What are we feeling? Oh, it's like deja vu. <laughs> 
watching this fucking thing. So I've got. I had two theories. One right. is that is that it's a repeat of what happened in Red Pyramid. And of course. Where it's it's, sure. it's the mirror because Rick doesn't know how to come up with something new. <laughs> so we've seen, okay, we can say it because we've seen it fucking time and time again. Exactly. <laughs> this yeah. is the, the second series that we've read, and we've also like we just reread the Lightning Thief. Basically, it's what happened. Honestly, so. and so same thing happening again. There's somebody's been possessed, and they're speak. So they've been possessed by Apophis, mm-hmm. um, and they're speaking into the leader's ears and controlling his thoughts, aka Michelle. So, like, for example, so we're seeing it as Apophis tried with the gods and it didn't work out. So he was like, all right, I'll try with the magicians then <laughs> and yeah. see what happens. Um, which is just kill the canes, kill the canes, kill the canes, because Apophis knows deep down the canes yeah. are going to be his undoing. But he's, if that's the case, he's also chosen a very good candidate to make this, like, even worse. Because he's literally chosen, as we find out from Amos, the third most powerful magician in the world mm-hmm. to be the one who he possesses, if we're going with your theory. Yeah. Because and he's Vlad has a title, that's how feared he is, mm-hmm. and he is an assassin mm-hmm. who goes after magicians, mm-hmm. and so, like, it, this is literally his wheelhouse. Yeah. And on top of that, he's chosen, yes, the third most powerful, and he's successfully manipulating the most powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like... That we can tell. That, that well, Amos has labeled them um, as... No, 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 no. That we can tell that he's successfully. Oh, okay. We don't know that he actually is at this point. Okay. Like, Michelle could just be like, you're fucking nuts. Okay, he's, but, you know. he's like, good luck, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a second theory, and yeah, I sure. thought that if I tagged it in the book and just that reread you would that what it was. section, I would remember it, but now my brain's going, <laughs> no. Well, hang so on, I had one. On, just, just let me sit in silence for a little bit. Oh, sorry, no, you had, you had one. Oh, my God, that was really So, in, um, in that paragraph, or in that section where Amos is talking to all the, um, the trainees and, like, basically reassuring them and stuff, one of the things that he says to reassure them is, we have a major goddess on our side. And I was like, I love that. Because Bast still didn't see herself as a protector or as someone who could be looked up to or all of that. But she, like, cats are so important in... Egyptian culture and yeah. in Egyptian myth, and it's just like and she literally Egyptian is. Magic. She literally is a major, major, major goddess. Like they wouldn't just entrust keeping, like making sure that Apophis is kept in his prison. They wouldn't just entrust that responsibility to anybody. No, it was given to literally like someone who's so strong, who is on like the same level basically as Sekhmet, because she was also one of Ra's like warriors and protectors and lieutenants. That's that kind no, of basically thing. she is on the same. Like level. it's just she is. So she's like she fantastic. is a major goddess, and like that's the one of the most endearing things about Bast is that she's like not even just she's not humble. She just doesn't. She just in general doesn't believe. No, and the fact that people see more than she does, and she's a god. <laughs> yeah, and you're like what? And on top of that, on the long along the lines of nobody like she was um, obviously powerful enough and significant enough to be entrusted with battling Apophis. For forever, she's also strong and powerful enough to be in charge of being the protector of the two most powerful magicians to be born in the yeah. millennia, and so not the millennia in a really long time. <laughs> really long time. Yeah. Well, so then one of my other things that came out of this conversation is they're talking about what their plan, like what the Kane's plan is going to be. They're going to go try and find Ra, try to wake him up. 
and then they go into his past and they're like, you know, he was senile and that's why he retreated from being Pharaoh and whatever and from being a god. And it's just the definition of senile. Old. It just is old. Nutty. Okay. Yeah. And losing my Yeah, pretty much. Like losing your bubbles. But so my question about it is, does this imply that gods have a lifespan? They're not actually immortal. Does it imply that they have a lifespan? I think it's when they give up. But see, like, that kind of doesn't make sense to me, because if we go from what we learn lore-wise from Percy Jackson, and it can be applied here because they technically exist in the same universe... It's when people stop believing in them. It's when they stop believing in them. And it's when they stop being mentioned, and when they stop... Like, literally. No, not necessarily. Can it work the same way, though? Well, it's not when they stop believing in themselves, because Pan stopped believing in himself for, like, thousands and millions of years, and the sadists were the ones who kept him alive. They literally kept him hanging on by a thread, and it took having to talk to a satyr and being like... Well, maybe it's <laughs> this hand was like, let me go! <laughs> you have to let me go! Well, maybe it's a two and turn, because there are plenty of minor gods out there that nobody remembers, but how are they still around? Because somebody remembers them. But again, how would it be enough? Because Pam had all of the satyrs everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere for him, just to keep, even though he gave up, and he was barely alive, barely, he couldn't leave the little place that he was in, and he couldn't go anywhere, and he just really needed one satyr to set him free, which was Grover, Grover set him free. I speak for the trees. Speak for the trees. <laughs> anyway, um, so, along the lines of the minor gods, I'm sure they have a few people that remember him, but on an overall standing point, if you're not actually you know, familiar with it, with mythology, you don't tend to know the minor gods. That's why I would put those ones down to a collective minor. memory, as in what's been written about and what's been literally etched into stone or in like books. So like historians and like there are so many minor gods that have epithets made about them and like small poems and throwaway lines in books. And so it's like people remembering everything else in that book they also just happen to remember this one god that was mentioned one time in one sentence for like three words okay. or like if they have statues made about them like that's what I would be going to what? as like a collective memory kind of thing what? rather than just one specific person going like I love this minor god that no one's ever heard of <laughs> so we also said um, you know it's not just remembering their name it's if you ever pledge to their like this signature what makes them a god or whatever they're the god of for example you were talking about um, not Hephaestus, Hestia, how it's like she's the goddess of the hearth, and so anytime any family has, anytime anyone has a family dinner next to a fireplace, you're pledging to Hestia. Yeah. Yes. Or like Dionysus Which, is, his spirit is present at every party ever thrown. Yeah, and like you don't realise that you're doing it in his name, you just, you just do it and it just happens to be yeah. what he's the god of and so you you know partying yeah. for him and he's like cool I'll take a, take a slice of that because mm. he invented parties <laughs> and so he invented the rave so anytime anyone raves that's I literally him. saw a TikTok about Dionysus that's why Aries will never die <laughs> well I literally saw a TikTok about Dionysus the other day with about some guy that I've never heard of that he was in love with and um, he that died that Dionysus was in love with yeah and the guy that Dionysus was in love with died and Dionysus was like oh I don't know how to commemorate you and also like I'm really sad because I never got to fuck you (laughs) so he like immortalized him by making a statue of him I think and then just had sex with the statue rocking without with his cock out (laughs) literally it was topping doesn't sound comfortable either way (laughs) okay that's my dad you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) 
a good image. Okay, I Mr. Love Turtle it. is my father, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to refer to Dionysus as Mr. Turtle every day from now on. <laughs> Mr. Turtle <laughs> is my father, dude. That's from Planet um, Emo for any uncultured I, I could tell you so many things about, about Dionysus. I had to do, like, almost an entire course on him at uni, and it was the most, it was the most unhinged. And, like, no, it wasn't even for, like, ancient history or, like, Greek history or anything. He just did it for fun. It was, no, 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 no. It was for sex and gender studies. Whoa, that's <laughs> we did, amazing. Like, we did, like, a whole week on Dionysus because he's so important to that area. Yes. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, a, a lot of things that I could tell you about him that are just, amazing. like... And you see, just come you, across him and you're like, if any god, it was going to be Dionysus. And you confidently named him my dad. <laughs> so I'm like, what the hell do you think of me? <laughs> for those reasons. Sure. It was for the theatre. For the theatre. Go to the theatre. Yeah. And like, you literally have a drink in your hand right now. Shut <laughs> up. Um, I like alcohol. Leave me alone. It tastes nice. Gives you the bubbly. I'm not judging you. <laughs> gives you the bubbly. But yeah, so if we go back to my, my original question, does this imply that gods actually have a lifespan and that we're keeping them from that lifespan, or they just have a lifespan and they're just actually really long-lived, not actually immortal? What What's our take? I just don't think Ra did a lot of self-care, and so he wasn't keeping up with his vitamins, and therefore was his undoing. He wasn't keeping up with his vitamins? Yeah. He didn't have a skincare routine. Joe, so. he was reborn every night, basically. <laughs> no. So, like, does that imply that the sunrise is a baby and that the sunset is an old man? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get over the line? <laughs> the, the, that is the horizon. And he's he's like, literally depicted as an old man for the rest of the series. It's really funny. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, when Zane was like, we're going to bring you back to life. Let's hope he's not, like, an old drooling old guy who can't remember anything farts randomly and has gray hair and I was like yeah that's wrong there are some references in this I was book hoping and he'd the be more book. like Helium and I was like <laughs> <laughs> there are some references in this book and the next book that what the, like the thing that I thought of to associate with Ra from these references is and I think I've said this before you know um Cloudy with the Chance Peoples 2 yes the guy who runs like the hexagon company whatever the white beard yeah and you know how he's like, he, his limbs are like really wiggly and he like moves around weirdly. That's yes. what I associate with Ra. Really? Yeah, this really weird dude who's just like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, I don't know that. <laughs> That's what I associate with Ra. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. I'll probably, when I reread this for the podcast, I'll be like, what the fuck was I on? But like, yeah, when I first read it, I was like, that's just how I see him. Okay, well, you have read the books before. I'm and the baboon was Khufu. No. <laughs> Oh, okay, my brain was like, what? From Clay with the chimp. Yeah. Orangutan. What was she? An ape. Just an ape? No, she was a chimpanzee. A no. chimp, okay. She was a chimp. No? I don't know, it's been a while. <laughs> no. All I know is that... We're arguing that Clay with the chimp and meatballs long. All, all I know is that he kept on calling her the wrong type of monkey and she would oh, get really right. cranky. She was like, she was hurt. She was like, why did you do that? It's so simple. Yeah. She was a chimp and he called her an ape. That was what it was. She's voiced by the same one who does Mabel um, from Gravity Falls. Oh no, I was thinking um, the assistant to the mayor in Zootopia. No, no, no. Cheeky from so Mabel from Gravity Falls, same same voice actress. Right. Oh wait, no. Assistant to the mayor is um is don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be yeah, suspicious. Okay. Gotcha. Chris Evans' ex girlfriend. 
I mean, that's not how I think of her. I think of her as Toby. I do now. Ever since I found that out, I was like, what? They did it for like eight years. Eight years? But like, still a long time. Eight years. She was fucking good on her. Good on her. Good on him. She's a. Can you just imagine the amount of chunky knit sweaters he would have worn in that time? She was living the dream. Living the dream. Anyway. (laughs) Did you remember what your tab was about? No. My money. My money. I have never done about? anything wrong in my life, ever. I know this, and I love you. Thank you. Money, please. Money, please. Um, no. I can't remember what it was. Okay, great. So, let's move on to my next note, which happens at the end of this conversation, as Sadie is throwing her tantrum. Rick. Rick. Sometimes I call him Rick. Rick, where the fuck is the whole situation from the first book where you literally outlined the fact that if Kata 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 and Sadie if Kata and Sadie if Kata and get heated when they're in the same vicinity where are the consequences of that that you pointed out so much in that one conversation in the first book I thought it was just when they argued they're arguing right now they disagree they're disagreeing right now okay but he's but Kata's actively suppressing it I don't care. I Which want to see. Like a ticking time I want off. to see a consequence of it. I, I want to see, see it. <laughs> I want to see a consequence of it. I want to see like a plate crashing to the floor. Yeah. They're at breakfast. I want to see. Maybe want to see the griffin get a bit skittish around them. I just. I want to see something. You know. I want to see Khufu slowly like bring his meal close to him so no one can mess with it. I want to see like yeah something. Something to show that, like, these two getting even... Because this is the perfect place for it. Because they're not fully angry at each other and they're trying to suppress it. So it would be like, guys, this is the real danger they're in. We have to keep them calm around each other at all times. Otherwise, the tiniest thing will destroy the world. Yeah, we'll set them off. I want to see it! Rick, where the fuck is it? Give it to me. Okay, I actually have two more tags in this chapter. Okay, wow. Um, this, this, is, this is one of the tags where it's like, I pointed this out as um, a plot like this is how the plot's going to go down and then yes they confirmed it in the next chapter that yes this is well actually they confirmed it in this chapter that yes right. this is what happened which is that they were saying there's three books of Ra or like there's a book of Ra but it was separated into three yeah um, so we knew that, that you can only yeah so I was like okay so this is their quest like this is what's going to be what sends them on the way and this is going to be the driving point for the book um, and then you also talked about in the last book that you thought it was a really cool plot device to um, that to help make the story more interesting and make their challenges more accurate, which yeah. is that in Red Pyramid, in the five days leading up to Christmas, all the portals were shut down. Yeah. And so they had to travel by foot mm. and by regular means yeah. than just portals, because portals is like cheating. So, and then... It just creates more of a problem. If, like, everybody can use a portal, it's too easy. Yeah. And if, Rick, you're going to take us on that many side quests, then don't make it easy. Yeah. Um, and so, which he didn't, which is good. And so the little uh, plot thingy here that will help make it, will like, will make it not so easy for them is that they have a repertoire with Bast, and they have, they're like a team now, the three of them together, yeah. maybe even Chuck in Amos. Or which, Chuck can I just say, how often do you see two girls and a guy team? Right. Rather than two guys and a girl. Right. Good stuff. I was very happy with that. Anyway, yeah. um, another, like, if this is a plot driven point, is that Bast is being sent away. Yeah. And so their most powerful god, 
that, like, their really high-ranking one that we've just praised and called amazing. Yeah. Oh, and being sent away for a reason that Carter won't tell everybody. He's just keeping it to himself. That's not true. He told people. Well, he didn't tell them the real reason. Well, he asked her to go and check. Well, like, um, out loud, he told the whole group. And the way it sounds, it's like, okay, sure. Like, that is a valid enough reason that we won't question it too much. Yes, we can tell from Carter's face that he's hiding something. But it's yeah, but he won't even tell Sadie what he's hiding. Yeah, Like, he won't tell her the full extent of it. And she's like, okay, well, you don't trust me. So that just makes me prove that I'm going to let him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, well. Anywho, um, so, but like, so, sending her, sending her to go and check on Apophis' prison is both, well, see, it's both silly and it's not. It's silly because they've already been confirmed through multiple levels, through multiple layers of, um, you know, magic and multiple sources that, yes, he's going to, He's going to escape in four days, no matter what. Or like, like obviously, it's planning. So she's going up to check on it to see if he's still in there, which he is. Duh. Um, and so she's being taken out of the running, and she will not be. By the looks of it, she won't be in the book. Well, she won't be in a portion of the book, which will, you know, deprive them of a very powerful entity that could, yeah, again, like we said, make it too easy. So I just thought that was a cool point, thing to point out. Do we want to move on to chapter five? Yes, we will. Title and recap, please. So we, so she goes to London. She gets kidnapped. Uh, yeah, she doesn't listen to all of the fucking warning signs blaring in her head, being like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And she's in like, "In her head, in in her face." Yeah, literally. <laughs> in her head and in her face, she's like, "Fuck you all!" And you're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And it wasn't just like one thing out of place. It was like multiple things that should have... everything out yeah. of place. It was raining. Like, come on. <laughs> I realise it's London, but on your birthday? Really? How rude. Honestly. Okay, so we're in Carter's perspective. Chapter 5. I learned to really hate dung beetles. So Sadie's gone. Um, we're left on a cliffhanger for Sadie, and we're back to Carter, and Carter <laughs> literally says the first thing he says is like, thanks a lot, Sadie. Handed me the mic right when it got to a good part. <laughs> Which <laughs> is all of us internally. Yeah. Anyway, so we're back with Carter, and we go through the recap of what he was... We get the explanation of what he was hiding from Sadie, what he was too nervous to say out loud, which is that he had a dream, he had a vision, he had some kind of thing, which is um, that he was... So in his dream that night... So Sadie had a dream and Carter had a dream. Carter's dream was that instead of... Horace being, instead of he being the host for Horace, Horace was the host for Carter's bar that went for a travel. Yeah. And Horace showed him the old Ra route. Yeah. <laughs> like the route Ra used to take yeah. being reborn throughout the night. And so he used to travel on his dingy little boat with mm-hmm. all his dogs around him to protect him. Learn some cool moves, some Learned some battle some, maneuvers, yep, which is see nice. some monsters. And Stabs they, an eye. Yep, and they swim past, swim. They float, they float, <laughs> they float past Apophis's, Apophis's, um, prison, prison, and they see him what slowly. The version of his prison that Carter can comprehend. comprehend yeah. Which is basically just like dead bugs everywhere, which is the most disgusting thought ever. Right. Um, yeah, and so. It's like, you know, in robots when they go to to the guy's place and his whole like house is just full of um dominoes it's like yes. when they're riding the sea of dominoes and yeah. they're all like moving around and like <laughs> riding or whatever Imagine that's what i imagine bugs with little curly legs. yeah 
That's what I imagine if this is the sea of, of beetles. Yeah, gross. Or beetle husks, if you will. Ooh. Gross. Which represent Ra's, like, life or lifeline, basically. Okay. And they, like, or they, like, they represent, I don't know, it's said that they represent something to do with Ra, and they're all dead. They used. It's implied that they all used to be alive, all the bugs, and that Apophis is slowly consuming their essence, and that's what will set him free, basically. Yeah, and so he's nearly free. So if if Carter had ever spied on Bast battling Apophis, was she just keeping him away from his dinner? I feel like it. She'd be like, no, you can't have dinner until you've done all your chores. And he's <laughs> like, I fucking what chores? And she's like... <laughs> Go and do them. <laughs> Have you cleaned your homework? <laughs> Have you cleaned your homework? Go do it. <laughs> I'm just imagining her there with their knives and just a plate of like food behind her and just being like, no! And it's like crossing them and Apophis is just yeah. there like, I'm hungry! <laughs> Not Jabba! I was like, and now that he's got free reign to eat all of his food, he's just turning into like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, and he's gonna yeah. They say he's gonna explode out of his prison. Oh he's gonna God, get ew. too fat for it. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna whoop. <laughs> It's like blowing up a balloon. It's eventually gonna fall. Ew. <laughs> Anywho. Um yeah, so that was and basically the moral of the um sleep the journey. <laughs> Mor- moral of the vision yeah. is Horace asks Carter, who do you want leading you in a battle against Apophis, now that you've seen the remnants of Ra's um, like legacy. No, like, yeah, Power, you've seen soul? Power what do you want to call it? Like, I, don't even, I don't know how to call it. Like, you've seen like his rickety boat, he's got no followers anymore, we don't know if he's still even alive. We don't know if he's alive, we don't know if you can find him, we don't know what shape he'll be in when you find him, will he be up for fighting? Will yeah, he even this was his questionable line? shape when he removed himself from society it's been thousands of years since then you really want to open that yeah and so can of worms Horace leaves him with the question who do you want to be the king because obviously Ra has more claim to the throne because he's the original king yeah so he would just immediately well by the sounds of it he would immediately just have the throne when he came back because he's the original king and Horace is technically the intruder yeah if he comes back the usurper the usurper so, you know, Horace asks him, who do you want, like, he's like, it's your quest in vain, who do you really want leading all of the gods, Ra or Horace? He referred to himself in the third person, and I was like, Horace, what are you doing? I read that in cringe, so I was like, Horace, you referred to yourself in the third person in front of you. Yeah, but then after that, Carter wakes up and he has a conversation with Bath before she goes away. And it's and the then fucking cutest thing. It is, and it's what, what's so interesting is, Bast has a cloak of, of invisibility. Yeah. It, like, she disappears as she moves. And I'm like, this is the sickest thing that's come out of this book so far, is that Bast has an invisibility cloak. How cool is that? Yeah. Give me. Give me. Yeah. So, um, we've, so he's, see, we've rehashed through, we rehashed through Carter's dream, that's what the dream is, and yeah. then we say goodbye to Bas, and Carter does some training with the kids. Yeah. And it reveals, but doesn't reveal some things about Walt. It just makes you ask more questions. And they fight. Felix isn't allowed to use penguins. Does he fight a snake, or is that Yeah, nice it's a three-headed nice winged nice cobra that breeds fire. And the most annoying thing is that that's not a thing. Like, I tried okay. to, like, Google yeah. this thing. And so that's chapter five. So let's dive into it properly. We basically just dove into the dream. We don't need to rehab. <laughs> yeah. So we'll dive into Vast. Go for it. Also, oh, well, that's really annoying. The only things that I had 
in my tags about fast is, oh my god, invisibility cloak, give me it. And then the second one was, oh, Carter didn't realise that he's under her protection now because she says, yeah. you know, or she has that little farewell and he's like, oh, you actually care about me. Like, he has... Like, it's he, the cutest thing. He That's notes to himself, he's like, I figured I was just, like, an add-on and that yeah. Sadie's actually, like, fast yeah, is like, Sadie's protector. It's like, I already always figured her as, like... Bast is Sadie's cat. But that also means that his listening and comprehension skills aren't great because she literally, like Bast literally said in the last book you're mine now too, like you are my kid. She said, said you are my husband. Like on the plane after he did the whole defeating of Leroy thing in the air in the airport, she was like, kind of impressed with you. Um, you're mine now. To be fair though, she said that in that chapter and then I continued to see throughout the book that she was still prioritising Sadie. Like, when? Her. She wasn't in the book after that, basically. No, oh, well, like, it was, like, little bits where it was just, like, Sadie was just by default her immediately. Was it her immediate first thought? Yeah, but I take that as more, like, habit to break. Sure, sure. But, yeah, and so she'd be like, Sadie, and then you could clearly tell it was Sadie was her priority, and then she would go, oh, and Carter, but then Carter would stop paying attention after that, because he'd be like, oh, so she only gets my Sadie. So it'd be like, yeah, I'm here, but, like, she'll always prioritize Sadie. So that's, like, it's not that she didn't also then go Carter, it's just Carter missed it. And so, yeah, I guess we can, can we can stick with the statement Carter doesn't read people well, doesn't pay attention. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's not socially adept at things, no, so it makes not. sense. He's a pumpkin. pumpkin. But he is a great teacher. He is a great teacher. So when it, gets to, when it gets to them going up to his class, and he has some pretentious name for it, and his trainees are just like, no, we're calling it whatever works, because we literally use whatever works to defeat what you throw at us. called it magic problem solving. See? Technical. Oh, the kids get it. Because he's supposed to be a bit professional, so he's like, we'll give it a problem. What I don't understand is why not all the kids, like, they do it, they, the way that he explains the class, like, taking system at the Brooklyn house is that they pick and choose which classes they want to take like electives, but they all seem very important. Like, nothing is on the same level as whatever works <laughs> to me. <laughs> like, both very important. Because we saw in the last book well, that learning how to, to sleep learn- to recharge is, like, the most important thing. So no wonder there's a fucking wait list for that class. Well, learning how to sleep, like, in survival mode, to be able to shut down your body in order to recharge, shut your, down your brain in order to recharge, be able to sleep anywhere and in any sort of situation but still be able to wake up afterwards. Like, learning how to survive or sleep I think actually is kind of a skill. And, like, Amos's research class, like, yeah, maybe, like, book learning is not your thing, but you still need to be able to know how to research for a way that works for you if you're in a dire situation. Yeah. Like, what if you're by yourself and you need to know this one thing, or, like, there needs to be some background, like, yeah. knowledge on myths and things, in and, like, monsters in ancient <laughs> Egypt, so that you're not going up against something that you don't understand yeah. how it works. Because how many times did we see Percy outsmart shit in his series just because he knew where the weak spot was. Because he listened when Annabeth was teaching. Yeah, literally. Granted, he did have a hot teacher, which was Annabeth. <laughs> hot for him. But if we go with what Sadie said earlier in her chapter, where she was talking about what Carter is wearing, Carter's also hot. Yeah, Carter's turning into the hot teacher. He is. He's <laughs> let his hair grow out. He's not dressing like a junior professor. <laughs> <laughs> He's Which, not going to church anymore. <laughs> not dressing like he's going to go to church every day. Just the hair grew out for me. I was like, oh, nice. Yeah, that's cute. He's not, I'm not going to imagine him as bald anymore. Was he walking around bald? <laughs> I just imagine that he had like a really, really big fade. Well, I just imagine it was like a buzz cut. Or he had like the waves, you know. Not even. I just imagine it was like a buzz cut. Fair. 
Like he didn't even It wasn't even long enough To make waves It just, just the buzz <laughs> Like it was still Like a little bit But like Yeah so you could see That he did have hair He's not yeah. just bald But it's buzzed To like a one But yeah So we go to Magic Problem Solving We get to meet Two people that we haven't met before, which are Alyssa and Julian, or who haven't been mentioned. Yeah. Alyssa is following Jeb, which is really cool. Yeah. Because you're like, Earth. I don't understand what she did in training has to grounded. do with anything. Like, well, it has to do with Jeb, but I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, she... Okay, because I thought whichever patron they serve, they sort of mimic the magic that they represent. Or like I don't think necessarily. Repre- that's not how it is. No, because Felix and Walt haven't chosen people to follow yet. Sure, he just loves penguins. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not allowed to use them. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was like, my patrons. And then yeah. Walt, like, defensively uses some kind of internal magic that we are unaware of. We haven't really seen anybody have internal mm. magic without question. having hosted a god before, so he's or really interesting. without turning themselves into dust. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and he... Yeah, so without, like, using his magic reserves, as far as we can tell, he somehow turned his shanty to dust, basically. And shot grey lightning at Snakey Boy. Yeah, when the Snakey Boy appeared, which we found out was being voiced by the same... Were they being voiced by Face of Horror or by Apophis? I don't know. Or by when a messenger like that, my Face brain thought Glenn Neeson, and I was like... Who? Oh, I'm sorry, Liam Neeson, not Glenn Neeson. <laughs> you said Glenn, and my brain meant Glenn Coco. <laughs> Not you, Glenn Coco. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> no, but I'm probably... And none for Gretchen Wieners. Bye! <laughs> we imagine that is that it's just Liam Neeson talking to I a snake you. boy. <laughs> and I will kill you. I mean, it's a good, it's good analogy. <laughs> I just really loved that they did add in, because I really liked that they addressed the whole... Because, you know, Rick made these books to, you know, so that children with, you know, learning like learning difficulties could relate to something in literature. Yeah. And so here he is now pulling in there's different ways to teach kids who have yes. learning difficulties, like learning issues. Um, and who don't like doing the whole, you know, sit for five hours and try to remember shit. No, they have to work through it and they have way work at their own pace and they do it this way and there's different ways of thinking and working through stuff and I was like thanks Rick bringing that in that's your redeeming quality yeah in these books so woo I just thought that was cool anyway you were saying great um, lightning Walt yeah but so the the snake when it comes the cobra when it comes out it literally destroys a Ra statue to yeah, come out yeah and then he comes out with three heads yeah which uh, Amos like, has an interesting theory about so this is the thing that annoys me this snake does not appear in Egyptian myth I came across a couple of like cobra symbolism kind of things but they're more to do with reincarnation than anything else kind of thing like one's Waje and one's Uraeus but Uraeus is just a form of Waje so it doesn't really make sense to me um I had it on my phone but I can't remember but like they're not like one of them has a human face and it's just a cobra and one of them is a winged cobra but it doesn't have three heads and three fire so like I don't know Did where Rick is pulling this from where he's just putted. So do you think he just combined them and said, like, said, fuck it, combine them? As if Rick said that. And was like, I'll just well, make it I don't know. Like... Because, like, Waje um, was, like, a, a goddess who embodied the joining of Upper and Lower Egypt to become one thing. And so, it, like, uh, the way that it's, like, it really makes sense, it doesn't really make sense to be used here as a messenger when they were yeah. more supposed to be 
like a protector kind of thing. Okay, so that sounds like you just made it up. Yeah. Rick. Which annoys me, because when have we ever seen him do that? Exactly. There's so many monsters you could pick from. Yeah. In Egyptian mythology. I don't know of them, but you should have done your research. That's what you're here for, not me. <laughs> but yeah. Amos has an published interesting published theory about it in the next, the next chapter, I'm pretty sure. And he's talking about, or it might even be in this chapter, but like Amos has a theory that oh, it's got chapter. three heads because it is possibly a messenger from like Ra. Yeah, it's the three three personalities. Yeah, of Ra. the three stages of Ra. And Carter is like, like but it was being mean to me, Dang, so like I don't understand. Morning. And then Amos makes a really good point of like, well, have you considered whether Ra even wants to be mm-hmm. awoken? Like that kind of thing. I and then Carter brings up the whole thing where he's like, no. the next chapter. I have to read. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. And then Carter brings up the whole thing where he's like, well, no, because the snake had the same voice as the bow that tried to warn me in the museum. And it's like, okay, but boy, what were you breaking into in the museum? It was to get a scroll of Ra. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's know. why I had you. <laughs> and so, it's just kind of interesting, but the things that it's, it's wanting... to deter you. Yeah. The things that the snake is warning against, he's like, saying things about Zia, or well, what Carter assumes is Zia, and her village. So Carter is like, I don't know who to believe and like what's going on and like all of this. Yeah, and it he's seems very a lot. Yeah, but it's also like nobody else in the room when the Cobra appeared was hearing any of what was being said to Carter, and so it feels very personal to him. And I can understand why he thinks it's about Zia because nobody else seems to care also, about her. They spoke mind to mind. Yeah, like Carter. Carter pointedly asked him a question to his mind. So what does that say to you? Cobra heard him. Well, the only other time we've ever seen him do I that. Hear you. It's my birthday. <laughs> the other time, the other, the only other time we've heard him do that is with Horace when Horace was in his head. Yeah, yeah. And so, is it Horace? You know, manipulating Carter and trying to get him to defer from finding Ra because Horace wants to stay on the throne. Is that what it is? It's a good theory. It is a good theory, and you're pointedly not engaging in it. I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, I don't remember a lot of what happens in this second book. Well. A lot of what I remember is the third book. <laughs> and okay. the first book. Because I was like literally waiting for the Shanti moment. I was like, <laughs> But this book, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot. The Throne of Fire thing is really not helping me either. Because I'm like, I don't fucking know. The Ring of Fire! <laughs> yeah. Every time you say that, that's just what I think of. So yeah. Um, that's pretty much the end of that chapter is them just defeating mm-hmm. the, the snake. Felix nearly having a panic attack. Because he was like, was that, that was all part of the lesson, right? Right, Carter. Yeah, Carter. He, we didn't just have a monster just break into our house. Oh, one cute moment that happens like, when oh. Carter is talking to the snake and nobody else seems to understand. He speaks parcel tongue. <laughs> <laughs> nobody else seems to understand what's going on. Um, Walt steps in front of Felix, and Felix is, is like cute. peering out from behind Walt. Or Julian steps in front of him. One of them steps in front of Felix, and Felix is like, because he's nine. He's a little. He's boy. a little kid. He's a little kid, and that one. Yeah, that one. No, I read that, and I was like. <laughs> that is cute. the cutest thing, though. So yeah, um, we've already talked a little bit about I what happens in chapter three. But way of defeating them was to throw a shoe at him. Yeah, because he's a little kid and doesn't know how to use magic, and also he. And also, it's whatever works. What does he have in his arsenal? Shoes. And he thinks it's part of the lesson, so he didn't summon his magic penguins. Yeah, because Carter told him not to. Yeah, because the penguins are traumatized. <laughs> 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 Carter literally says, uh, or Sadie says that because. They're not actually penguins that live in the house. They're ones that Felix has just summoned and just, like, conjured from Antarctica. Antarctica, And then they're just sent back when Felix is done with them. And so he's literally like, 
they're undergoing psychotherapy down there because they have just been summoned by a nine-year-old with insurmountable power. Yeah, Carter was like... For what like, reason? Carter was like, Felix, no more summoning penguins. He was like, I'm sick of fucking sending them back. Yeah. Oh, at some point, kind of hurt. I'm just... I'm just just have a permanent portal open. Well, I'm, I'm just imagining him trying... Because the portal's on the roof. I'm imagining Carter trying to hurt these penguins <laughs> up the stairs onto the roof and hurting them into the portal as Felix, as Felix tries to... How many to does he summon at a time? That's the big question. And see, to defeat somebody, I feel like you'd have to summon a whole flock of them. <laughs> so, like, consume them. Yeah, so they would. <laughs> so it'd be like a stampede of penguins. <laughs> you just wouldn't know what to do. And so, yeah, and Felix... A flurry, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> Felix is trying to keep as many penguins around as he can, because they're his favourite thing. And Bogata's like, Look, put them back! He's literally, <laughs> like, hoarding them. Yeah. Every time he summons, like... Five, he keeps one in his bedroom. He's just like <laughs> building up an army up there. <laughs> and Carter doesn't know because yeah. he's like, I have so many people to fucking keep yeah. an eye on. That's and Felix funny. is sitting there like, I'm building up a And Carter's there like, Felix, why are you taking extra food to your bedroom? Oh, you know, I just like to eat in my room. Well, he's probably like, I'm the only. He was like, I am bigger than them. Like, he's like, the only thing that I'm bigger than. I'm bigger than the penguins. Well, what kind of penguins are they? I know that one of, like... Fairy penguins? Those no, it said at one point they're, like, Magellan penguins or, like, ma- something Which I like think that. they're actually huge. <laughs> Magellan <laughs> penguins are not small. Let's Google it. Is it like is it like the, the penguins from Happy Feet, the ones that Robin Williams voices that are, like, Dancy Dance penguins? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm showing that. I'm just trying to think of the name of them. I don't know. I only know Emperor. <laughs> Emperor penguins and fairy penguins. Because fairy... We have fairy penguins here. Oh, they are! <laughs> <laughs> they're Magellan penguins are the low they're so cute. <laughs> They're South American penguins. They breed in Argentina and Chile, and some even in Brazil. Brazil? That's fun. Wow. Wait, so is Carter sending them back to the wrong place? <laughs> I feel like he is. <laughs> it's too cold for that. This is another thing. Rick, do you research? <laughs> These are two gay penguins. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> Why did you show me anything, anything else? else? <laughs> okay, do you want to read us... Chapter six. Jack. Okay, chapter six. A little recap. Recapity cap. So Carter's just in his feels, basically. Yeah, pretty much. He's just <laughs> sad. But anyway, chapter six. Uh, still Carter's perspective. A bird bath almost kills me. So Carter goes and retells the story of what just happened to Amos, and they talk through and discuss um, the possibilities of what just uh, what could have went down, what the serpent means why it was there um and then how it got through how it got through yeah and amos basically just reassures him and was like it'll be all right i'll shore up the borders it wasn't i mean and get the magical defenses um you know there's not much like we can't do anything about it now but we'll just prepare better next time and then Carter goes back to his room, which he shares with Kuvu. <laughs> it's his new funny. roommate. <laughs> funny. That is why I laughed so hard. At. See, but if Kufu likes Walt more than Carter, why is he rooming with Carter and not Walt? Because Carter's got a TV. Oh, true. Yeah, fair. Privilege of being a cane. He's got a TV. <laughs> and just also having first pick of the bedroom. Exactly. He's like, I get the one with the TV, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, and yeah. now it's Khufu's TV. Exactly. <laughs> or it didn't have a TV and Khufu just brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else was annoying him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Carter... Okay, he well, just knew Carter wasn't going to say if anything. You're if you're wondering why it's in Carter's room and not Walt's room, because Carter was there longer and so he would have put it in that room, you know, just to begin with. And then Walt would have showed up and he would have gone... <laughs> <laughs> 
Anywho, um, so then I have chosen poorly. <laughs> so Carter goes back to his room and he brings out the little disky ball thing that can see. Yeah, the scrying disc. Yeah, can see anywhere in the world as long as you know what you're looking for. Uh, it'll show you what you want. Yeah. Um, so he brings out that and he's looking for Zia again because he's having flashbacks and he's yeah. really worried about her. And then he, he literally says at one point, "This girl that I fell in love with," and he's hoping that. It's not all fake. Yeah, well, he's hoping that the Shabti was sharing memories with Zia because otherwise he's in love with a girl who doesn't know who he is. And he's like... Such a depressing thought. Yeah, that's what he's fucking worried about. That's why he wants to find her so bad because he's like, well, if she doesn't have the memories, then she needs to know why I've been fucking chasing her for like three months. honestly, it's just a big question mark and that's what he can't stand. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's driving him crazy. Obsessive personality! That's what we're fucking talking about. Anyway. Um, yeah, and so while he's in Man's his feels, hyper-focused. <laughs> while he's in his fields, Walt walks in um, to check up, and they have a tense conversation about what happened in the training room. And then, out of the corner of their eye, they see Sadie. They see Sadie's grandparents' place, Carver's grandparents' place, um, through yeah, I know, right? Through the little bowl, and they see that something's wrong. And that it's been broken into and it's all dark and gloomy. And so then it ends on the cliffhanger of, we have to go to London. Okay, so Walt is going with Carter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Is he going with Carter because he just needs to follow up on the fact that Carter literally just outed Sadie for having a crush on him? Or... Oh, that was so funny! Because he was like, no, I like Sadie. And I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> What kind of like are we talking about? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm really, like, hung back on the whole Walt Sadie thing, because at the moment he's only, like, a year older than her, but then Rick forgets how old Walt oh, is. Oh, it's another one of those types of yeah. yeah, so just look forward to that. Don't ship too hard, because it's a bit of comfy. No, um, I'm sh- at the moment I'm shipping him in jazz. I think that's oh, okay, fair, yeah. Um, I, don't I don't know anything about either of them. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. We... Obviously, get lots of hints to Walt's I also just background like, and his like, character. And his not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> we just get a lot of like background hints to his like history or his like power or like whatever else questions that won't be answered for a while because this is a Ray Orton book and they, we probably won't get an answer to like the second last chapter anyway. I probably won't ever get an answer <laughs> to. Them. But like, um, yeah, it's interesting that he's being built up as more of a character than. Jazz, or then Alyssa, or then mm-hmm. Felix. <laughs> I mean, Felix is too young to come with him anyway. But like, yeah. yeah, I like that Walt is basically going. No, 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 I'm coming with you, obviously, because not just because I'm the one standing here who saw also what was going on in Scrabble, but also because like, also he was trusted to go on the mission, so he was yeah. like, mostly important enough. Well, he's been there for like a little bit longer than everybody else, but you can say see he was there first. Oh, uh, I can't remember, but. Like, Carter spoke a little bit in Chapter 5 about how Walt is too hesitant about things, and that's why he was, like, hanging back on how to go up against his yeah, Shabti. Yeah, he thinks and, things like, through too much. Yeah, and so I like that I like that Walt is just going, no, no, no I'm coming with you immediately. Yeah. Like, I like that side of him where he's like, yeah, the impulse yes, I take too there. long to think about things, but when it comes down to it, in the nitty-gritty moments, when I'm needed, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Which cute. is nice. It's cute. So, yeah. But it does leave us on um, a very good cliffhanger. Um, yeah. And that's... I mean, we really don't have much to say about this chapter, but I just like Walt. No, it's in pretty this chapter. Self, Like, the recap is the, is the whole chapter. Yeah. Over the last six chapters, I like the way that Walt has been built up. And, like, you never forget that there's something going on with him that Jazz knows that nobody else knows. Yeah, I mean, 
when he walked in and Carter said, how are you doing? And then his immediate reaction was to full body tense and yeah. look really cagey and like... And being like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's a red flag. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's a blaring alarm right there. Red flag in what way? Oh, that there's definitely something deeper going on and why is he so cagey oh, around something? <laughs> sorry, you say red flag and my brain just goes, well, like a bad thing? <laughs> As in like... Do you mean that he's a bad guy or a good guy? That's oh, what no, my no. brain was thinking. As in, no, just in the situation, that's like a red flag. Right. Anyway, and just the fact that Carter was, he was like, Carter was like, what, he was like, what do you mean? What he was like, <laughs> when Carter was like, are you okay? As in like, are you, I don't know, are you okay? And Walter's like, divide okay. <laughs> well, well, Carter's like, it's a, it's a pretty regular question. People ask that question all the time. It was like, even if when, like, the polite thing to do, even when you're not okay, is just to say, yeah, I'm fine. Like, be like, she be right. Because nobody's ever really prepared for another answer to, are you okay, other than, yeah, I'm alright. Yes. Like, well, if you actually give them a different answer, people are like, oh, hang on, wait, I wasn't listening. What are you talking about? Yeah. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, well, like, if, if I ask people, like, how's your day been? They're like, yeah, good. Then I'm like, okay, good. I wasn't expecting go, a different answer. Yeah, but if someone goes, it's been shit, I'm like, oh, fuck, wait, hang on. Well, you, you're like... That's not the required answer. Well, it sort of just tends to be a reflex. Even when I've had a bad day and you're like, how's your day? I'm like, yeah, it was all right. And then I'll be like, wait, hang on, no, it wasn't. <laughs> like, and I'll actually go into it. I'll be like, actually, it wasn't all right. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's usually, at least for, for us, it's just a reflex to say, yeah, not yeah. all right, not too bad, could have been worse, you know. I didn't die. <laughs> yeah. We're still breathing, so that'll do. <laughs> yeah. It'll do. <laughs> Kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of the end of the end of the chapter. Yeah. I just was like, sorry, I just wanted to clarify with Walt is that yeah, so there's obviously something happening there, and Carter's not privy to that knowledge of what's going on with Walt yet. We aren't privy to it either. Um, so Interesting that the only he, person who's privy to that knowledge is knocked out right now. Yes, no, I did know that. Um, which is so he's a question mark, and he's a question mark on purpose. Rick's done it to annoy us. And Makes it more intriguing, you know? stay for a while. Well, they needed a mystery character. They did, they did. Because Bass really, was the mystery character. And then was her, Zia not enough? Well, yeah, Bass and Zia were the mystery characters, and now both of them have either been revealed or taken out of the picture, so yeah, they needed true. a new one. Yes, very true. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the end of where Thank we're at. Your best Do you want to wrap up for us, Joe? With your predictions oh. of the next episode? Shadows and statues. Okay, 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 okay. So they're going to London. Okay, so I'm predicting for this book that they've separated our two our siblings here, and I'm fully predicting that they will not be reunited until the big finale. Of this book? Honestly, yeah. Okay. I'm predicting that because also wouldn't that be cool like to have to watch them eat because I'm, I'm actually honestly hoping they don't reunite I mean there's going to be that pull and there's going to be that driving point that's like I need we need to get to each other because we're more powerful together but I would love to see how each of them are powerful and resourceful on their, their own yep. yeah and how they how they survive on their own merit because then it would push the whole like you guys need to have teamwork thing yeah. And you have to, Sadie has to be around because you have to be the one who Carter leans on when he takes the throne kind of thing, which kind is what of. they're trying to lead up to. Yeah. Well, so that I makes sense. Just, well, because in the last book, um, we we did notice we were like, any time, whoever's perspective it is, uh, whoever's perspective it is at the moment, Rick would always make sure the other one was out of action. Yeah. While yeah, they yeah. were in that particular action scene. So yeah. I would love to see it as, no, 
it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both at the same time. They're mm-hmm. just not together at the same time. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's all... No, that's good. I like that. Building on their own merit. And I do hope that's what that is what happens. Um, sure. Next chapter, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Um, who's kidnapped her? I don't think Vlad has. I don't think Vlad's kidnapped Sadie. Sure. I used to, yeah, and again, I don't think Carter's going to make it in time. Oh, who's kidnapped Sadie? I need I need a person. Or not a person. I just need someone to have kidnapped her. I don't have a name. I can't help you. I'm sorry. Okay, cool. Fully out of it. Can't help me as if I came up with Time that. I know. I think that's a good um, want for this book. We're only in chapter six. Yeah, Yeah, it's hard to make it. Six of 24, Joe. Oh, okay, we're a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Oh, we're a quarter of the way through already? Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. So yeah, that's the end of um, episode of of all the chapters. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you want to make sure our our plugs, Joe? Do I remember them? Let's give this a go. No, what's our email? <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to send us an email like Azila, thank you Azila, then we are danstackbarpod at outlook.com. If you want to send us a message on Instagram like Claire, then we are at danstackbarpod. All of our personal stuff is down in the description Linked below. below. <laughs> down in the show notes. So <laughs> head there and we'll come back next week when hopefully I am I'm not sick anymore. Oh, Fingers hopefully. crossed for me guys. Yeah. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> I really like you've been, Yeah, you've been much quieter this, this episode for obvious reasons. Well, yeah. if I raise my voice too much, then the back of my throat catches and that's what makes me have a coughing fit. So sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. down here. Down here. Um, well, I'm the, the down sound here. <laughs> so yeah, come back next week. Um, we're reading chapters 7 to 9 and it's going to be yeah. gonna be fun. Come and see if Joe's right. That's my favourite part. <laughs> see if Joe's right and if not, laugh at her. Yay! <laughs> You're going to have to sing us out, Joe. We haven't done the bye yet. (laughs) Okay, so coming next week. We'll see you then. Okay, bye. Bye.